Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson. The Pennsylvania Office of the Attorney General protects and serves the citizens and agencies of the Commonwealth. Under the direction of the Attorney General, the Office of Public Engagement offers free educational programs to school personnel, students, parents, and communities with the intention of keeping citizens of the Commonwealth safe. As the COVID-19 pandemic changed lives overnight, the Office of the Attorney General faced an entirely new set of challenges. Today, I am joined by Jerry Mitchell, who is an outreach specialist with the Attorney General's office, and we're here to discuss some of the challenges occurring in the social media and online space and the programs that are offered to help inform the public. Thanks for joining us, Jerry. No, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure that you're very busy at this particular time, and so we'll keep our conversation succinct, but I wanted to ask you if you could start by just explaining the role of the Attorney General's Office as it pertains to public safety. Oh, sure. The Attorney General's Office, where the Attorney General himself is the leading law enforcement official uh, for the state of Pennsylvania. Each state has an Attorney General or Department of Justice within their state. And we are that Department of Justice for the state of Pennsylvania uh, when it comes to consumer protection, uh, healthcare laws. Basically, we are the law enforcers uh, statewide, unlike uh, your local police, which basically arrest someone and then the district attorneys uh, charge them with the crime. We charge the people ourselves, uh, whoever we arrest, uh, the offenders, we arrest them and our own in-house attorneys are char- charge them with the crime and they're brought to trial and brought to court. So that's pretty much the role of the Attorney General's Office to represent the Commonwealth in lawsuits as well. Okay. So that encompasses a broad view of public safety. Okay. So we're going to be talking about kind of online safety for the purpose of this conversation. And certainly there are crimes that occur in the online space. Um, And with the current circumstances surrounding the pandemic, everyone uh, I'm certain is spending more time online than they perhaps did before. But we know that the students of our Commonwealth are definitely spending more time online because their instruction was occurring there um, in the last few months of of the past academic year, and they're spending more time at home, so they're likely on their devices substantially more. What precautionary measures does the Attorney General's Office recommend as to students and online safety? You know, that's interesting because they are spending more time online nowadays, and they're doing so much more, and they're communicating with a lot more people, uh, people they know, and a lot more people they don't know. Right. And they just have to remember those basic elements or tenets of, you know, online cyber safety. You know, if you wouldn't speak to strangers out on the street, you really should. You still shouldn't speak to strangers online. Uh, There's still a lot of bad people out there, bad actors and predators who prey on kids. And, you know, a lot of our young minds that are out there. You know, they, they may think, well, you know, I'm home, I'm safe, I'm in my house, you know, I'm not going to, you know, nothing can bother me or touch me. But these folks have a way of getting into their into their homes and into their minds and, you know, basically manipulating these our young minds that are out there, these kids that are out there. So they have to remember still not to talk to strangers. Online stranger danger is still yeah. very real. If you wouldn't talk to somebody at a grocery store or a stranger at a grocery store or at a park, 
or you know just in your own neighborhood you still shouldn't go online and talk to this person as well or if they're going to offer you some sort of uh, gift candy free demos something like that or tell you to you know meet me someplace you still shouldn't meet them or, or do anything like that or give them any kind of personal information keep that stuff locked up in here uh, making sure that you don't give out any photos or any kind of information where you're going to be at in the future. These things are still very real and these rules still really apply to our young minds and everyone at all. Yeah, that's a great point because there is so much ability to interact with, with people you don't know um, through whatever social media and gaming and, you know, all, some of the gaming platforms and yeah. Um, that's funny that you mentioned stranger danger. I, I didn't know that term was, was around, but that's a completely applicable, um, to the online space. So social media obviously is a space where not just students, but adults, students are spending lots of time. And, you know, the thing is that, that I've always heard is once it's posted, you know, it's out there. Once it's out there, it's out there. So let's talk about that a little bit. Once something is shared on social media, it can be deleted as a post by the owner of the account, but not removed entirely from feeds. So what guidance sure. do you have about what to share, what not to share, um, particularly considering highly debated or heated or sensitive topics? Is there guidance around that? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things we talk about, a specialist and the attorney general talks about when you're going out, just remembering you can't erase cyberspace. And that's uh, pretty much a, a model we go by in law enforcement, just reminding kids, if you put something out there, people can screenshot it, they can share it, they can add it to their own feeds, and it's out there forever. Right. And they may put something out there in a spur of the moment or the heat of the moment, whether it's in anger, and it could be a threat which if they threaten somebody and it's going to be, you know, I'm going to do something to you in a public setting, they have to be mindful that that could be considered a terroristic threat. You know, whether it's if I'm going to do something to you at a grocery store, at a place of worship, at yeah. a school or at a mall, you know, that could be considered a terroristic threat. But also sexting is a really big issue too. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the apps that they use and they think they can put something out there, whether it's in language, Mm -hmm. or it's in where a visual and again this stuff stays out there and it gets shared and it's so dangerous to them and it's so damaging to them because yeah. in the future when they go for jobs or they go for college uh to um acceptance i can tell you right now people are going to be looking at this stuff in the future and they're you know they're pretty much going to make a, a judgmental decision on that person as to whether they should accept them in their employment or into their university. So this yeah. stuff can have long-term effects. And so the, you mentioned perhaps a threat that's communicated in the heat of the moment. Yeah. So there are essentially crimes that can be assigned to the behavior that occurs in that space then, is that correct? Absolutely. Because once they make that kind of a threat, depending on the nature of it, and one of the things I like to tell folks is, you know, in a lot of cases, people love to put out there, oh, LOL. Yeah. I was just joking, or I was just kidding. And LOL will not yeah. bail you out every time. A smiley face or an emoji behind it will not bail you out. And if they're, if they're brandishing a firearm or if they're brandishing a knife or some sort of a blunt weapon, this is what I'm going to use or something like that, that's taken pretty seriously. 
Yeah. And again, our young minds may see all this as innocent fun or, you know, what's the harm? And I, I like to tell a lot of them, well, you know, trouble usually starts off as fun. Mm-hmm. And you have to be really, really careful in which, what kind of uh, fun you think you're having out here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, social media platforms, obviously, new ones uh, on the horizon regularly. And honestly, probably adults, it's harder for adults to even keep up with some of them that are being used by students so or sure. by young people. Um, so what are some of the social media platforms that young people are using today? You know, we know the Facebook sure. and the LinkedIn and some of those that have been around for a while. And honestly, young people don't even use LinkedIn. So what are some of <laughs> they, they don't. No, they don't. And, and probably not even much Facebook anymore. Um, but no, what are some of the platforms that young people are using? Well, right now, what's really in the roost out there is TikTok. Mm. TikTok is pretty much ruling the roost right now. And there's so many different versions of it or different things you can do with it. The entertainment side, Mm. uh, the explore side, and the social connect side to it. There's so many different elements to TikTok. That's pretty much ruling the roost. Snapchat hasn't gone away. Yeah. Still using Snapchat. You still have your Instagram and your Twitter accounts that are out there. They're still massive. But I do want to point out really quick, depending on the region, in the area, that would depend on the usage of what social platform they're using. Literally in the Harrisburg area, you could be in Harrisburg in the city mm-hmm. and they could be using, they're very heavy on one platform. Okay. You go to Susquehanna High School, or you go to Central Dolphin or go to Bishop McDevitt or another high school, literally they're like five, six miles away and they're heavy on another platform. Really? So it really depends on the region and also forums, online okay. forums where a lot of folks uh, like to talk, uh, the dozens is a big one in Harrisburg. Okay. Susquehanna has their own online forum. Different regions also have online forums. So it's not just the apps, it's the online forums. Yeah. It's the different, yeah, and, and it varies by region and also YouTube. Right. That is heavily used. And YouTube yeah. has now morphed into its, I like to say it's its own uh, entity or its own industry now. Mm-hmm. And we know it's owned by Google, but YouTube has really got a lot more uh, bells and whistles to it than it previously had ever. And they're still expanding it. So that's another one that where people are connecting and uh, basically communicating via YouTube. Yeah. Are there any like new or different risks for young people in any of those that you mentioned, like TikTok or YouTube? You know, is there anything kind of new in the risk category? Actually, the, the one of the bigger risk is actually in a, in a dollar and cents value okay. because now a lot of these apps allow you to exchange money and allow you to just transfer money from one person to another. Right. So you could have somebody literally, you know, hey, listen, you know, you know, try to coax somebody out of money yeah. or try to get them to buy something that they think they're getting and they may not be getting anything. So the actually the, uh, the money side of it. Okay. Well, you know, the the financial side of it has really come into play with a lot of apps nowadays. Okay. That's something I've seen I've seen develop. I've been in this industry as a tech expert. I've been in this industry since well, I'm showing my age here, 1994. Okay. <laughs> so, and I've watched this industry morph, develop, and change shapes. <laughs> and now, 
now not only can you communicate some with someone can you see someone mm -hmm. whether it's zoom or whether it's duo or whatever you're using but you can also hey listen you know i need a few bucks hey you can just send me a few bucks and just like that you can transfer money to someone in an instant yeah what so what was the social media or and or online forum when you first started in this industry you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned the 90s so what was the thing Ooh. then MySpace. <laughs> Actually, they were they were just chat rooms. Okay. And they were on. I can tell you right now, by the mid to late '90s, we were. And here's how I saw this whole thing going to explode in the mid to late '90s. We were in chat groups, mm -hmm. and they were all they were they were usually professionally based. They started off whatever industry they had like hundreds of chat groups. Mm -hmm. and so I was working for the Auditor General's office at the time. Uh, as a telecommunications specialist. Okay. And what and what happened was, in a lot of these chat groups, where, where we started off in a professional conversation, hey, listen, how do we, you know, from accounting standards to fraud, accounting fraud, yeah. people took it from a professional stance and they started to just get personal and get social with it. Like, hey, you know, what area do you live in? Hey, do you got tickets to the game? How can I get tickets to the game? And I saw people literally start exchanging information and, and start, doing personal business hmm. and it went from that to yeah and it, and it went from that to you know it, it morphed over into a, a myspace yeah and into online chat groups and, and online services in colleges and next thing you know a new industry was born yeah here we are interesting yeah. so um bullying is something obviously that is a you know huge topic has been for some time in the student space and the online bullying um, is also something that's been talked about for a while, impacts students in and out of the school. And you talked earlier about the risk, even when a child or a youth is at home, you know, that there still can be danger that reaches them, right, in that space, and bullying can reach students in their home. What do you think are some of the warning signs that students um, might be experiencing bullying? You know, how, how would you advise families and teachers to kind of look for those warning signs. Sure, some of the when when bullying occurs, uh, it really creates almost like a shutdown type of uh, scenario with a kid where they just first they look they're looking at they go through stages of it. First, you know the, the fear and the shock, and then they try to they want to hopefully they just they try to get away from it, and they're hoping that it goes away. Mm -hmm. And then you know what happens after that, they can take different directions, but. When you see a kid and all of a sudden in their mood and their attitude changes to they're really scared or they're really angry and it's just like, well, wait a minute, a few minutes ago you were happy-go-lucky mm -hmm. and a few minutes later now all of a sudden they're just like, leave me alone or yeah. they're just really withdrawn. You can tell something happened and they haven't gone anywhere. Let's just say the only thing they've been doing has been, you know, basically internet-based. Yeah. And you pretty much know whatever happened, chances are it happened on the internet. Right. Or a text message or something of that nature. So those are the, those are the early telltale signs and, you know, the lashing out or they're yeah. talking about, I got to get even with someone or I got to, oh, wait till I see so-and-so. Mm -hmm. so, so those are some of the early warning signs. Uh, we recommend the parents to keep, you know, just to monitor what their kids are doing online, ask the questions. Mm -hmm. You know, the, you are, you know, you are the kid, you are your child's overseer. So ask questions. Hey, what's going on? Hey, who are you talking to? Hey, make me sure 
they're not putting out there any vulgar language or any harmful yeah. language. And they're not receiving uh, any pornographic images yeah. uh, or language of sorts, things that make them feel uncomfortable. If they if they've received something that makes them feel uncomfortable, let mom and dad, hey, listen, you know, let us know immediately. Let yeah. us know what's going on. Because most of the time, kids don't want to talk to parents because they see the mom and dad as big, mean, and ugly. You know, they make the rules and they usually hand out the discipline. Yeah. And so it gets kind of, you know, they, they get kind of fearful to talk to mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know we, we get that. You know, a lot of us as parents, we understand that. So, you know, just try to take steps and tactics literally to talk to them. And one of those tactics or, or steps to talk to them is get them out the house, you know, yeah. take them for a ride, uh, go visit, you know, a sporting goods store or go grab a slice of pizza or go grab an icy from Rita's, which is what I like to do. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and get them, get them away from the screen time, maybe just get least. them away from the screen time. And while yeah. you're there, just, just say, Hey, listen, you know, let me, let me ask you something. You know, be honest with me. Uh, what was going on the other day? What was going on? Come on, be real. And just, yeah. you know, just get them out the house. Because once you get them out the house, it changes the dynamic. Once they've got like a, I don't know, like a, a pina colada icy in their hand. The <laughs> <Yeah. dynamic. laughs> uh, I'm getting personal here, but I'm being honest. I'm being yeah. honest. <laughs> but once they get, once they get that, that Swedish fish icy in their hand and Absolutely. they start to, yeah, and, and next thing you know, you know, it puts them in a different mindset. You know, it softens the, the tone of everything. Sure. And just to keep that communication going. Yeah, what's the right step then? So if, you know, a child confides then in a parent or maybe in one of their teachers, you know, what's the right next step when they find out that there is something that's, you know, destructive going on, bullying, whatever, yeah. threat, threats, you know, what's the right next step? Well, depending on what is going on will depend will determine the step. Yeah. But let's just say, for example, it's a bullying situation. That's the time where, uh, or let's just say, for example, the kid, uh, their child is the one who's the bully. Okay. Let's start on that end of Okay. It. Let's just say, well, I said something to somebody and they got mad at me. And then I said something to somebody else. And then I did this. And now I've got people calling me names all because I said something. Basically, they bully someone and people are just like, no, you shouldn't have done that. And they're basically calling them out. Yeah. Would that be a good time just to help them to understand this is why you don't do it? Right. This is why you should apologize. This is why you should let folks know that, you know, you did something and here's how you're trying to make it right. Mm-hmm. So let them know from a, if their child is the one that's doing the bullying. You know, that's the time when parents, we really encourage them to take the, take the wheel, so to speak, and let their child know, hey, listen, you know, here are the dangers to doing that. Mm-hmm. Here's all that, you know, you've heard all the information, you've heard the presentations, you've heard different people speak on it. Now you're getting a life lesson on why right. you shouldn't do that. Because one of the things that happens in so many cases, and I've seen this enough, we really really hope the parents and don't encourage them to create sort of like a moral hazard type scenario where the kid did it and they basically protect them and just go, Oh, it's no big downplay their actions and then protect them from, you know, any kind of people when people are basically saying, Hey, listen, you shouldn't have done that. I'm calling them out. They protect them from it. 
well, sometimes, you know, other folks aren't wrong and I get unprotecting our kid, but there comes a time and a point where you just got to let the kid know, yeah, you did do something wrong. Yeah. You did bully someone. On the flip side of that, if we go downstream a little bit, if a kid is being bullied, Mm -hmm. if they are being threatened, we encourage parents first get all the information they can from the kid. If there's any online traffic uh, that has basically led to this, or there's any kind of online, uh, documents or any other language online, we recommend to them, okay, let get as much as you can and then call your local police. Okay. If it's going to be a bullying situation and definitely if it's a threat. Yeah. Threat only needs to happen one time. Mm-hmm. Bullying situation, defining what bullying is. We Bullying, you know, if, some, if it was one time, oh, I don't like your hair or I don't like your sneakers or something like that, right. that's not going to be a bullying situation. Right. But if it's happening multiple times and it keeps happening, you can also call Safe to Say. Right. Or they can also go online to Safe to Say, which is our office basically governs Safe to Say. Yeah. And report that to us so that actually we can sit back and get in contact with law enforcement, especially if it's happening uh, in a school environment, camp environment, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. definitely they can call safe to say or go online to safe to say and that's 24 hours a day that is not something that is you know a nine to five like pen dot or something like that that's right. a 24 right. hour a day seven days a week safe to say so that's that's an extremely good avenue to take <clears throat> to report it and i remember when you launched when you're the attorney general's office launched that and uh it's anonymous which i think is an important part yeah you know, an important feature that might reassure people who are not inclined to contact their local law enforcement for whatever reason. Um, I thought, I think that's a a great option because it allows people to report it to the right, through the right channels without necessarily having the police come to their home if they were for some reason uncomfortable with that, you know? Uh, Absolutely. And one of the things that I like to remind our young minds about, because I've heard this over and over again, and I'm not using that, that's snitching. Mm. And, I, and I say it in a, in a broad, to a broad audience all the time, this isn't snitching, this is safety. Mm-hmm. Replace that word snitching every time with safety. Right. Because what if it were your brother or your sister or your uh, cousin, your best friend, or your mo- or your 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 mother or your father who were going to be in harm's way or going to get hurt. Exactly. Would you consider that snitching it? No, you consider that this is about safety. Yeah, that's look, a great. I've lived it, so that's, I understand it. That's a great point. Well, I really thank you for all you've offered here um, in this conversation in the way of insights. And where can listeners learn more about the programs that are offered by the Office of Public Engagement? Where can they find more? On this topic? Oh, absolutely. If you go onto our website at attorneygeneral.gov, and if you scroll down to Office of Public Engagement, which is uh, pretty much going to be, and they're constantly uh, reformatting the website. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get this right. It may be in the middle or it may be in the lower portion as you scroll down, but you're going to see uh, public engagement. Click on that link, it's going to show you the different regions. Okay. Uh, where uh, a specialist uh, basically governs. I am central Pennsylvania. So from Fulton County over to Lancaster County and then all the way up to Montour, I have pretty much that region, that pyramid, so to speak, in the mid uh, central PA area. Okay. Uh, 
And you have a uh, outreach specialist in, in Philadelphia. The upper northeast side, upper northwest side, which we are getting into the uh, Pittsburgh area, uh, State College area, and up around that region up there. Uh, we have a new guy there. And then out in the Pittsburgh area, we have a good friend of mine, Phil Little. So we have different uh, specialists all over the state doing this, making sure this message gets out. Yeah, and that's good to know that there's someone in the local region <clears throat> because as you kind of earlier mentioned, there's social media platforms and other perhaps forums that are specific to a region, just sure. you know, focused on this online topic. So that, that's great to know that you've got someone that's kind of in the field that's going to understand that area and the needs of that area. Absolutely, because different regions have, uh, have a different flavor or a different personality. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, a person from that neck of the woods is going to understand that and know how to vibe with that. Like in Philadelphia, you know, uh, I, as much as I love Philadelphia and I love cheesesteaks, but <laughs> if I have to go here, uh, I have to really like take the temperature of the area and take the temperature yeah. of a lot of the folks because there's a different, they vibe a different way. Same with in, in Scranton, same with at uh, Erie and mm -hmm. Pittsburgh. So, and same here you know, in Central PA, I know this vibe. So for me, you know, it's pretty much from easy for me to sync with uh, the Amish community, with uh, mm -hmm just the different areas, you know, in here, Lancaster community, Lebanon community, because they're different, each one's different, but I, I know all of them because I, I go there multiple times. I live in this area. Yeah. Thank you again, Jerry. Really appreciate it. No, nah, it's no problem. Keystone Education Radio is a production of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. This episode is brought to you in part by LifeTouch and Triangle Communications, Inc. Visit our website at keyedradio.org for more information on today's discussion and past episodes. Subscribe, share, and follow us on social media so you can stay tuned in to new topics and interviews. This is Annette Stevenson saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.